to Bend the Knee, a Song of Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt, the Bud Knight. And I am Sir Ezra, the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire uh, book club. It is follow-up Friday, uh, where we answer all of your questions from the previous episode or previous weeks, what have you. Um, yeah. Yeah. So. That's what we do. How's Yeah. No, so. it's, it's good. It's, 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 good. Going, it's going good, Sir Ezra. We're... Uh, Still adjusting here to our um, new recording style. I think we're uh, figuring out more and more technical uh, difficulties as as we as we progress here. So um, yeah, well, apparently you have to open up uh, different uh, you mm-hmm. know web browsers to get stuff to download. So. Yeah, yeah. In Google Chrome, we just we just learned that uh, we have a we have a Google Drive we share, and we just learned that you need to sign out and sign back in in order to download things that you apparently upload. Apparently that's the fix. So it's garbage. It's garbage. Yeah. So if Google could get on that, because you know, some when you think about like you know one of the top tech companies in the world, you think that'd be an easier problem to uh, to solve. But uh, doesn't well, surprise I mean, me. Yeah. And here's the thing: they're they're caught. They're people are suffering because of this. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, people couldn't hear like that good, clean, crisp audio that I recorded last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was actually still great, but I mean, just you know, it's like, yeah. come on, I know, you know, we had to resort to the backup audio, so uh, it's okay. We have the backup just in case, because you're getting it yeah. one way or another. That's right. So, so. Uh, yeah. Anyway, um, all right, guys. Well, uh, last week we had a new trivia winner. Really, uh, yeah, I was, this is I, awesome. I think I tricked people by releasing the episode an hour earlier than it normally comes out. But you know what? Yeah, it's great. Strezer and I have talked about this for a while. Sometimes we may release the episode a little bit earlier just because. Yeah. Give some new people a chance, you know? May release That's it right. at midnight as long as it's on Friday. That's right. We yeah. just said it's follow-up Friday. Mm-hmm. You know? So, so uh, yeah, here we go. Trivia last week was, in what year did the tourney at Heron Hall take place? 281 AC. And the winner was Chris Walters, a new contestant. This is the first time he's this uh, he's ever answered a trivia question yeah and he won i love it it's fantastic mm-hmm. had a lot fantastic. of people answer though i mean those they were coming they were firing in left and right yep uh, all, all the all the normal all the normal mainstays uh, adam parker yeah. sarabia newcastle everyone was firing in lady jade but uh yeah had a new had a new winner so but walters takes it so you mm-hmm. know i mean look yeah. out folks yeah so uh, all right, well we got a uh, we got we have one raven that is enormous, um, and uh, yeah we got a couple of ravens for you this week. Uh, mm-hmm. We're talking about some of the we're talking about some of the gods. We're talking um, Ned plus Ashara Dane, uh, yeah. And then Good we got and then we got we're gonna pull from the Facebook group. We talked about this if we see a big discussion going on, and there's been one uh, led by Tom Malone. Mm-hmm. About uh, Euron Greyjoy and the possibility of a kraken. So, yep, gonna uh, yeah. gonna get gonna get these uh, going here. So let's go ahead and start off with uh, Travis from Instagram. Okay, H- hello, lords and sirs. I am soundly in the N plus A equals J camp. That would be Ned plus Ashara Dane. I also think this makes sense uh, that J- um, John would be the sword in the morning and he would get to carry Dawn. I think that would make him Azor High because Dawn is Lightbringer now because Dawn brings the light. I would love to hear your opinions on this uh, and the validity of that N plus A has. 
Um, thank you guys and keep up the great work. <laughs> uh, I, I love that there are camps, you know, and that mm-hmm. there are uh, people who believe, you know, um, <laughs> the text reads this way or that way. So, mm-hmm. uh, Travis, good to hear that you're in the Ashara Dane, uh, you know, camps. So that's interesting. Uh, we've talked uh, for a couple weeks there. We were, we were really uh, mm-hmm. talking a lot about um, Ashara Dane and Ned and perhaps how how it would have went down, the timeline at the start of Robert's Rebellion. And actually, this past week, we just got done talking about um, the start of his rebellion. We didn't go into it in a lot of detail, but it's something that uh, we definitely need to cover mm-hmm. uh, in more detail. Talk about the the time, the distance that it would have taken for, uh, you know, Eddard to go back and call the banners, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Uh it's it's interesting. I will say, unlike other YouTube channels or podcasts, um, we speculate. Um, but sometimes the more you know, sometimes I read it. It's like sometimes I hear Yanny, sometimes I hear Laurel. Okay. Mm-hmm. Sometimes mm-hmm. I think the dress is blue. Sometimes I think it's gold. Sometimes right. I think it's R plus L equals J. Sometimes I think it's N plus A equals J. You know. Yep. yep. So that's why I never proclaim it as fact. Unlike other YouTube channels do. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Sir Matt. I mean, they do. They come right out and they say that it's the truth, that it's the, the that it's the gospel, and uh, you know, I think it's wrong only to... only Gur knows, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. We, so I mean, you, know, some... you, you could you could say that we're we're you know uh, sitting on the fence, but I mean, really, we're just that's a good spot to look. You know, it we is. can yeah. sit up on the fence and we can look over this way and see what's going on. We can also look over this way and see what's going on. Yeah, it you know the, that's why we, we I like to speculate. And I like to say, I think it could be this and, and, you know, and, and, and open, open up the idea to any, any possibility. I never proclaim things, you know, as fact, you know, sometimes I think, yeah. sometimes I do think what the world would be like if Gur was one of us, you know, just a slob like one of us. Right. I don't know, you know, I mean, but right. he's not. So, yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, you. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, yeah, but. I do. So there's there's a lot to kind of pick apart here. One is Ned plus a Shardane equals Jon Snow. There is a lot of validity to that argument. We know that Ned and Ashara maybe had some sort of relationship at the tourney of Heron Hall. Um, I mean, just so just with so I think we should break this down to two parts, Sir Ezra. Let's talk about Ned plus Ashara, and then talk about the idea of Dawn being Lightbringer. Okay. Because um, I think those are two kind of separate things here. Um, so Ned plus Ashara. Mm-hmm. Your thoughts. Uh, my thoughts on that, I think that, that it's actually a stronger possibility than some people think. I do. So too. as I sit up on the fence and and I look around, um, Gur said that you know he's not gonna he's not gonna change something just because some folks figure it out. So um, you know, and, and air quote figure it out. Uh, I think it's such an interesting thing to where like he just teases out these possibilities for it to be uh, R plus L equals J. I think at one point his wife is even quoted as saying, you know. Um, like, like somebody asked her the question, you know, is it R plus L equals J? And she said, uh, you know, how did she put it? It was something like like it would be it, it almost would be, like it, insulting for someone right. to, to think that it's going to be that simple. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was just like, whoa, really? Right. Uh, and she's like, consider who we're talking about here. You know, mm-hmm. it's my husband. And she, mm-hmm. and she just went on to kind of like laugh it off. And I'm just like, wait a second. I mean, this is some elaborate, you know, thing going on here. So, yeah. Um, but I, I do think that there's a lot of if you look at the distance 
um, that Ashara, actually, if you look at the last sort of known locations as, as to where he and Ashara were after the tourney of Harrenhal, um, you know, what happens to her with Elia Martell uh, being sort of asked to leave her, not asked to leave, but you know, she's either leaving because she's pregnant or because she uh, wants to be engaged and she's preparing for her own um, right you know, marriage or, or whatnot. So she does leave her, her services at one point, you know, and then he does, um, gosh, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of evidence that says there's a lot of time between when, um, you know, Liana is taken and actually when that, um, war starts, you know, enough yep. that he could have actually, uh, been with her intimately and he could have also, you know, actually married her perhaps. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. so, you know, a lot going on there. He doesn't realize until much later, um, I think it's after he's called his banners and everything, that he comes down and it's sort of like the Tullys are the ones who challenge him and say that, like, it, it was it's your duty. It mm-hmm. was your duty to fulfill this, you know, you're the next brother up and this was something, a uh, promise that was made by your father and you need to honor this sort of I'm, I'm I'm actually I'm not, right. I'm going way off of uh script here real, or way off of what's in the text just in my mind with Hoster you know I, I can see that pressure that he would put on Ned to marry his daughter you mm-hmm. know and so I, I think some people believe they actually were married before and that he That's actually true. dishonored himself in front of the gods right by taking another wife Right. Well, and there is. And so if you look at the evidence of N plus A equals J, I think you have Catelyn who, you know, believes that Catelyn believes that that is the case, that John is Ned and Ashara Danes bastard. So there's Mm -hmm. some legit. I mean, that's who she is like. Oh, she doesn't like. I believe it's kind of even said she doesn't want to hear the name Ashara Dane mentioned um, Mm -hmm. around around her. Um, And then you have. Uh, Edric Dane, who talks about, um, who, who's kind of talking about John being a milk brother, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so that's where that Wyla comes in, and so that is the other thing is that it, it's kind of believed that what you know Wyla could have possibly been the mother of uh, John Snow, which would, should just be some maid, right? And then you know so, but it would still it still kind of puts him over in that Dornish kind of area. So I think that adds some validity to it, too, because you could at least draw from that. Um, John does also has black hair like a Chardain, so that could maybe possibly throw out the idea of like a it being like a blonde woman or something. You know, that just the seed is strong and, and all of that. I don't know. I don't we don't we don't know for 100 percent certainty that the Stark gene, you know, beats everything. We believe it does, but we don't we don't we don't know for sure. So. At least there is that argument. Yeah. Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, here's a couple of things to kind of consider. You know, uh, Ned and Ashara definitely have a thing at Hall, correct? I mean, yes. there's something for going sure. on there. Uh, Ned visits her after he kills her brother. And I say, air quote, kills her brother um, in, you know, mm-hmm. in this war. Right after that, she uh, supposedly jumps off of a tower uh, and, and commits suicide. And right. then um, you see another bit of evidence here where Ned gets extremely frustrated um, when he hears talk about how, you know, um, John is actually Ashara's child. Mm-hmm. You know, he hears that from Kat and he loses his mind. So these are all laid out there for him. There's some, some, there's some evidence. There, there's basically some, uh, 
meat on the bone for for this theory, you know, right. um, that a shark could be his mother. Um, yeah. So, anyways. Yeah. Um, you know, um, another thing uh, in, uh, is no, I, I I don't know how because you kind of have to pull away from this R plus L equals J theory, um, but. Ned does take Dawn back to Ashara, right? So let's say, like, Ashara is, for example, oh, God, I'm forgetting her name, the Septa that's over with Tyrion that Tyrion wants to hook up with. Yeah, super hot, yep. Super mm-hmm. hot, yeah, yeah, the whole thing. Um, yep. You know, I mean, if if Ned does, does go over there and John's there and he takes Dawn back, then there is that kind of right there, there's, like, an immediate kind of John and Dawn connection, um, mm-hmm. right now we're like so far away from, we don't even know where that sword is. How, like, how would that get to John? How would that, like, that's, that, that seems like an awful lot to fold into the story at this, at this point in time. Um, but maybe that's why it's yeah. taken him so long. I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah. That for sure. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's a lot to kind of, uh, Way and consider. I was just reading a little bit, some more, uh, some questions that people had asked, you know, uh, Gur about this. And, uh, you know, he said, uh, they were asking, will we learn more about the Sword of the Morning? You know, and he said, yes, regarding the sword. Uh, th- they had a follow up question. And can you tell us anything about Ashara Dane uh, to socket to the R and L group? And he said, no, uh, no comment about Ashara and have some more Cheetos. And he's like grinning and laughing. So, whoever was asking that in the crowd, uh, mm-hmm. people have often kind of quoted that and looked at that as like evidence that maybe. There's more to come. Another question was, uh, this is one of those so spake Gur moments where um, the they're talking, they're wanting some more speculation about John's birth, uh, conclusions about, you know, Catelyn. Um, let's see. I will spare you uh, the rest of my speculations about John's, uh, date of John's birth since there are only um, real conclusions. The only real conclusion is that Kate, uh, Catelyn seems a little thick when she uh, thinks that Ned fathered John uh, as he... Uh, returned Don to Ashara. Answer, I guess this is from Gur. Uh, as to your speculation about uh, Catelyn and Ashara, needless to say, all will be revealed in good time. I would give you this much, however, Ashara Dane was not nailed to the floor in Starfall, as some of the fans who um, write me seem to assume. They have horses in Dorne, you know, boats, uh, though not as many uh, of their own. Right. And as a matter of fact... Um, he says uh, she was one of Princess Elia's lady companions in King's Landing in the first few years after Elia married Rhaegar. So, I mean, he basically is kind of saying that, you know, we all kind of think of her as being in Starfall there for this whole time. Uh-huh. And that's not not the case. He's right. Yep. Trying to point out that she's very mobile and was actually with Elia Martell and not at Starfall mm-hmm. when we think she was. So, yeah. And we don't. And, and we and we and we just don't know. I definitely think that I will say this with the Shardane. I definitely think she will come back uh, at some point, or we're gonna we're gonna get some more on her because other than that, she's kind of this character who has a a lot to play in this role, and we just don't haven't heard anything. Like, don't really you know what I mean. So there's gonna have to be something uncovered. Um, mm-hmm. So now let's go ahead and talk about the idea of Dawn being Lightbringer. This I think does make a ton of sense. The idea of Don being Lightbringer just because, and it would be cool if John got it, um, but I think John could still get Don and it be Lightbringer without um, the N plus A equals J being the case. But I do like the idea of Sword of the Morning, 
um, defeating the Night King. I think there is definitely a lot, a lot of that. But I do think it would be cool if it was Dawn instead of just some Valyrian steel sword, because Dawn is clearly like different than all the other swords. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I, I think as you said there that uh, Dawn being Lightbringer would be more um, poetic, you know. Poetic if if n plus a equals j, you know. Yeah, it um, would definitely. So that makes a lot of sense because right now I think Edric um, Dane is on his way back, and he's he seems like a pretty noble, you know, uh, kid. And I think he's actually going to go back and possibly, you know, I don't know. He he was Barak Dondarrion's squire, um, and he might actually inherit the sword the way it looks like in the book, you know. Yeah. So if that's the case, then and if it's it's a Dane sword, you know, some sort of like if it's going to be if John has to wield the the you know um you know lightbringer sword of the morning whatever all this kind of stuff then if it's going to be dawn then he'd have to be a dane i feel like you know right uh so so yeah it works it works if you're going with the m plus a equals j i think so yeah so yeah i, I think i think i like i said i definitely think there's some validity to it i definitely think that it's you know it's it's a theory that is is pretty common um but obviously i mean a lot of people talk about it so there has to be you know something to it yeah, yeah. Yep, there's something there. Yeah, for sure. But I don't know. Do good you, question. Do you I think, like, I like do you talking think about the... Sir Ezra, that that Septa, I, I forget, Lamore is yeah. uh, a Dane. Uh I think it's highly likely. I think it Me is too. because... The age kind uh, of ma- he... matches up. Right, and she's gore- She's striking. She's, I mean, and, that, and, and Lady Ashara was, you know, back in the day. I mean... Uh, Ned being the quiet wolf didn't really want to, you know, dance with her there. She was one of the last last people that he danced with. And uh, so I don't know. Everyone was entranced by her. And so for for her to be much older now and for Tyrion to still be, you know, kind of uh, right, you know, making those comments, plus just her the, the way they describe her features and stuff. It matches with someone who could who could have lived. Uh, in in uh, Starfall in that area, mm-hmm. so of Dorne, so yeah, yeah. I don't know. Okay, I do not know. It's a good uh, question. I, I love that. I love talking about that theory. It's one of my favorite ones to kind of yeah talk about. So, um, All okay. Right. All right. Well, let's go ahead and do um, trivia. Okay. Yep. Uh, trivia for this week: Who declares Jon Snow? Or excuse me, Rob Stark. I have it. Come totally uh, incorrect in my thing here. Mm-hmm. Um, who declares Rob Stark the king in the north? And just uh, to clarify here, uh, the quote I'm looking for, because there could be some people could maybe say he declares himself or whatever. So let's just clarify with specifically, I'm saying it's this person who says this quote. There sits the only king I mean to bend my knee to, my lords, the king in the north. Mm-hmm. I will accept his name or kind of his title. So, again, uh, who declares Rob Stark the king in the north? There sits the only king I mean to bend my knee to, my lords, the king in the north. Yeah. Nice. That's a good one. That's a good one. For a second there, I thought you was like, wait a second. Um, (laughs) Uh, We're not there in the books yet. We're not there yet. Uh, (laughs) May not happen in the books. You never know. We'll see. That's right. May not. Um, cause it okay. is a totally different character in the, in the show. So, 
Um, yeah. All right here. Uh, so this is just something we're going to pull from the Facebook group here. It was started by uh, Tom Malone. He says, I've been thinking a lot about Euron Greyjoy and his quote about throwing a dragon into the sea. Although it is easy to link the egg uh, with payment to a faceless man to assassinate Balon by also throwing him in the sea. I was wondering if, if dragon eggs weren't actually dragon eggs, but are just a raw magical artifact that hatches due to certain circumstances. Danny uses fire and blood magic to hatch her three dragons. The literal embodiment of fire. Now, what if Euron's magic egg hatches due to different circumstances, water and blood? I think Euron may have tossed his egg into the sea to summon a different creature, a kraken. The only beast suitable for the Lord Reaper of Pike and King of Salt and Rock. A pirate captain has little use for a fire-breathing dragon that would be restricted um, on board a ship, but a kraken would mean domination over the water. Um, imagine this scenario. King's Landing, a final standoff, the Night King and his dragon versus Danny and hers. A bubbling on the black water, Euron looking smug as he gives an almighty blast of dragon binder, not to tame the creature in the sky, but to the one in the sea. Wow. Um, so just your your thoughts kind of initially there, Sir Ezra, before I kind of read what the group said, and then we'll kind of talk about it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's really interesting and a very uh, I know people have, have talked about the Kraken, you know, uh, coming to be. Why did why did Euron throw that uh, egg in, into the sea? I like the idea that it's water, you know, uh, that it's the sea and and blood that would cause, you know, um, that right. egg to hatch essentially, or for that magic to take place, you know, that you have to do some sort some sort of sacrifice or something, um, you know, you have to make some payment for those for that magic to occur. So right. that's super neat. I love the description though that like there's going to be a third element here where um, Euron is going to use his horn to basically summon uh, the Kraken. I, I think that actually, you know, makes a lot more sense. Like mm -hmm. uh, Gur has hinted at the possibility of something like this, uh, but it's been very very subtle, I, I believe. And I don't know why they. I mean, yeah, if they had a dragon, cool, that'd be awesome. But, I mean, it, do, it would make more sense for them to have something uh, that would give them dominion over the water, you know, or, or right. over the seas. And, you know, um, yeah, I don't know. But but then the other thing, though, with Euron is that he wants, to in, he wants to invade, you know, the Seven Kingdoms and take it all over. You know what I mean? Right. So they go from these seafaring people, uh, but they also have ambitions to, like, go inward and conquer and to, you know— so that's always been mind-boggling to me. It's like if you're going to dominate, then dom you like, and you're more of these seafaring folk, then the coastline seems more like your area, which is basically that's where they do a lot of their, uh, right. their, um, you know, raids and stuff. But yeah, uh, I don't know. If it's interesting. I like it. I like it, Tom. Yeah. So um, all right. So some 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 of the things that people said. You have um, David uh, Theveridge, uh, who is Sir Gibbs correct me on that i think one? so i think so yeah sorry sometimes for sure sometimes i i i mess up people's real names with their with their night yeah. names um <laughs> i uh, i do too yeah uh, i like this concept except uh doesn't uh victorian Greyjoy have it sailing to essos talking about dragon binder the horn yep mm-hmm mm -hmm. Then we have yes. uh, Greg uh, Trevorrow there. Um, Danny with the dragons. Euron with a kraken. Starks with dire wolves. 
would be great to see them all with the sigil animals at the end. I guess no one is scared of the Tyrells in that scenario because, <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Tom Malone says, or the Tullys. Right, um, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, we have uh, Danielle. Um, a captain has little use for a fire dragon. Ships are still made from wood. Don't think it's going to be as easy as throwing an egg in the water. And then Tom goes back and says, obviously not, but Euron has traveled further than most and have um, may have picked up some knowledge on the way. The old Valyrians may have theorized about different ways to hatch the eggs, but because of the value, uh, the risk was too high. Hmm. So, um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It's all interesting. I do like the idea of something hatching out of that egg he threw into the ocean, though. Yeah. Yeah, I like I think, the idea of that, for sure. I mean, mm-hmm. it's another way for them to, you know, come to be. But, see, would it be, a, if it's a dragon egg, though, is it is it a dragon, you know? Mm-hmm. It's, like a, it's like a sea dragon, right? Right, like a leviathan could, it, type of a thing. Right, it, it couldn't necessarily be like the kraken, I feel like. Yeah. I feel like that's a different creature, you know? Right. If you're going to toss a dragon egg into the water, then, I don't know. Right, yeah, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, kraken's kind of more of like a, like a squid-type creature, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, like, I think so. Mm-hmm. Like a giant squid. Yeah, let me let me, so, let me look up some research here. Yeah, yeah. Release the but, kraken. Yeah, yeah. It's more of like a squid or octopus type of a type yeah. of a creature. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that still there still could be one of those, and maybe the mm-hmm. horn that he has is not. Maybe it's not a dragon binding horn. It's something else. Right. Uh, could be. Although the guy who blew on it was like burned up from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. So there's that, and uh, Victorian right now is trying to <laughs> convince mm-hmm. a few folks uh, to be the one to blow that horn for him, and it's like, right. oh boy, yeah, I know, I'm out so, on that, yeah, on, on that scenario, yeah. yeah. Um, no, I I will say I do like the idea of um, of the the animals playing some part in the end, right? Like the wolves, because clearly it's like right now it seems like only the Starks and the Targaryens have these kind of magical creatures. So I do like the idea of some other people getting some use out of their, you know, like of their house sigil and, and it being kind of it playing a bigger part. Yeah, for sure. Me the only too. the only one I the only other one I feel like we've seen is we the the stag. Right. We saw like the stag with a broken antler that had killed the like mother dire wolf. Um, and that was more of like a symbolic type of a thing. Um, so yeah. if, and so if we could see something like that with. You know the the kraken and um, I don't know maybe maybe a fish with the tullies I don't know maybe there's some magical <laughs> fish out there or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. Definitely be interesting, but that's cool. I love that the those conversations are taking place though in the group and uh, definitely a good. Well, place that's to the have. best. That's the best thing about the group because it's stuff that I would never like think of. And so when I see it, and the same thing with Ravens when we get Ravens submitted and then everyone's going back and forth and the but when we get in there everyone's already commented six or seven times and it's like oh wow mm-hmm. it's awesome that there's this huge conversation going here. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you're you're right about th- uh, people bringing up things I would never uh, talked about or thought about because I don't often think about the Greyjoys. <laughs> they yeah. kind of they they go off my radar. They do too. Uh, they, more they, they, more they than off, they should. They, yeah, they go off my radar as well. So, but yeah. Um, Okay, cool. So let's di- let's dive into this next uh, Raven. This which is this which is pretty is, lengthy. Yeah, pretty long. Uh, this is from uh, Eric of the North, and uh, he sent us a nice long um, Raven here about uh, it's kind of his theory, his origin story, and then his theory on um, the return of the Seven. Uh, so yeah, 
Uh, good day, sirs. Uh, first, thank you for putting out awesome content. I started listening to BTK uh, while at work this past March, and I love it. Um, with all the different uh, directions a Song of Ice and Fire conversations can go, you do an amazing job of keeping everything on track and relevant. Uh, I've been trying to compile my thoughts and questions for Raven since the beginning of the summer, unsuccessfully. <laughs> uh, so I decided to send a much uh, shorter, not short, Raven for now with my origin story, uh, a small theory I can't shake, and a couple points I'd like your thoughts on some interesting um, uh, Lovecraft uh, stuff that seems uh, relevant. So mm-hmm. um, the origin story here uh, for Eric, we'll read that. So on a family trip during the, my freshman year, uh, Christmas break, I had finished uh, whatever book I brought up, um, whatever, bo- whatever book I had brought uh, an hour into the five-hour flight. Uh, my brother offered me uh, Game of Thrones, having been forced to bring it along uh, with the book he really wanted to read by our high school librarian. Uh, the past semester at college, there had been a ton of buzz surrounding uh, Game of Thrones uh, following the release of Season 3, so I decided to give the book a shot uh, based on name recognition. I ended up uh, binging through it and downloaded the remaining ebooks um, at the New York City Public Library. Um, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so I could read them nonstop uh, the entire trip. I finished all the books during that winter break. Uh, a couple years later, I watched all of the show. Uh, since starting my new job this year, I've listened to the audiobook uh, for the Song of Ice and Fire series, uh, A World of Ice and Fire, and the Duncan Egg series, in addition to my weekly uh, dedication to BTK. Wow, that's a lot. That's awesome. That's that a is, lot of reading. That's a, that's a lot of research. That's awesome. Um, although there are definitely pieces of the truth in the show, I tend to focus my theories uh, to the books. I definitely get caught up more in theories on the ancient history and the theology of the world than uh, the Game of Thrones. So. Well, wow, it's pretty cool. I mean, I like that, uh, you know, this is definitely a, a, a book-heavy guy. You oh, know? for sure, so, yeah. Yeah, it's awesome. Uh, so the theory here, uh, the Return of the Seven theory. I've heard whispers that uh, there isn't much faith in this in the uh, faith of the Seven, the new gods uh, at BTK. <laughs> okay, all right. Yeah, that's okay. true. We've said that. Yeah, that is true. We've said that. Um, we've witnessed powerful magic from the other regions Uh, and our other religions, uh, but the seven seem to be more or less powerless. Uh, Maybe in the past, the Andals realized all the true gods were uh, malicious or manipulative towards the humans, and so they formed their own um, religion around worshiping heroes rather than uh, a god or gods. The only magic they may have uh, has been hinted at uh, is the uh, protection uh, from their uh, seven-pointed star. Okay, so the only magic that they may have um, has been hinted at uh, in the protection of, from their seven-pointed star. Okay, so that's that's the book, right? That, uh, right. that that's often referenced. Um, okay, uh, the first Andal warriors with stars carved into their armor or skin could have been using it uh, as a runic protection from magical forces. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, you know, carving. Uh, that's yep. seen in different other mythologies, carving a rune or putting right. something on yourself for protection. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, in the show, the others formed a seven-pointed spiral star out of their enemy corpses. Uh, yes, they did, uh, didn't they, actually? Yes, so they that's, did. That's, that's, that's a show-only show. thing, though, I think, with the setting them up and, like, symbols. Yeah, okay. Um, and, uh, okay, and then the... Um, uh, and 
the uh, COF carved the that same style seven-pointed star into caves at Dragonstone. Um, is this uh, is this the origin for the differently shaped seven-pointed star of the new gods? Could it be a symbol of the deep other? Okay, uh, it could be a picture of tentacles spiraling out. Wow, there you go. Wow, it's funny yeah. how those two kind of connected with <laughs> the Facebook thing. I didn't mm-hmm. expect that. Uh, however, whether the new gods have any magical power is irrelevant to my theory. Okay, all right. So, yeah, there's – well, I remember we talked about this when the Andals came over and we were talking about how, you know, um, basically a lot of people believe that the Andals kind of uh, maybe have lied or adopted their their faith from someone else and it – it's really right. kind of all un- uncertain there. The, the maesters mm-hmm. were kind of in disagreement about, um, you know, where they came from, all that good stuff. They moved around. So um, I've seen theories online that either the Stark family or the seven men who ventured north of the wall in the most recent season of the TV show are the seven new gods reborn. If this comes to fruition in the show, I feel like the book will end up doing it differently. There okay. are three characters that have repeatedly been referred to by the names um, of the new gods okay so yeah there there's this idea that the people that the seven that we see going forward um, in the show are re- representatives of the new gods mm-hmm. is that correct sir Matt yep okay um, so except for you know in, in uh, Eric's theory here it's gonna be he's got uh, three characters that have been um, that might be different uh, Daenerys called mother by literally everyone. She protects... Wow. 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 Sir okay. Matt. Stop. Yeah. He's, he's starting off really Stop. good. Stop me now. What is going okay. on? <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. Um, called called mother by literally everyone. She protects slaves, gives mercy sometimes, uh, and brought uh, life to the dragon eggs. Uh, Brienne referred to as the maid of Tarth. Or the mm-hmm. maiden fair when she is in the bear's pit. <laughs> I'm, I'm done. I know. I know. I'm like, oh, I'm done. I'm done. We have not given the seven much thought, my friend. Have, I'm realizing it now. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, the faith normally. <laughs> I can't, I can't help myself right now. The faith normally uh, calls the aspect of the seven the maiden, but it can be also be referred to as the maid. Uh, Bran also swore to protect Sansa and Arya. The maiden is sworn to protect young girls. Wow. wow. Gendry, <laughs> Dude, I, I know this. This is this, this is mind-boggling. Actually, uh, he's he's a badass. Wields a hammer for a weapon like his dad in the show, and is a literal smith. Okay, so the four other okay. aspects are open to a little more interpretation here. So, hold on, hold on, hold on. before we go forward, I just have to say that well, I, that we're not worthy. What? <laughs> no, we're not. We're not. And also, sir, like, rarely does something come across that, like, I typically have time to uh, read some of these beforehand, but we saw this, and I was just like, oh, that's awesome. There's a lot of stuff in here about the seven cool women. We've talked about it, but boy, I'm so yeah. glad that we did not read this before because this I am is too. jarring. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead. Keep and going. this is actually the case sometimes when we read a lot of Ravens, except we just we read them typically before we – we at least glance over them before we put them in. Sometimes, sure. we get, sometimes we get really long ones like, ah, just throw it in. 
Uh, and so, yeah. but this, this, yeah. sometimes I read Ravens. I'm like, dude, did you hear this guy's theory? He's like, oh, I haven't looked at it yet. Oh my right, God. Right. Like that's typically how all right. we, we respond to most Ravens, like before we actually post them. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, all right here. Uh, the other four aspects are, uh, more open to interpretation. The warrior, mm-hmm. um, the hound is who he has getting involved in the faith by building a sept, uh, Jamie, John, Jorah, um, or he could be the bear to the maiden fair. I think he's saying so any of those could be mm-hmm. could be yep. it. The father, he's saying um, Jamie here, the true father to the Brathian children instead of Robert, just and noble uh, despite reputation, Barak Dendarian, always speaking about justice, judgment, protects the small folk, knighted Gendry, who definitely seems involved, mm-hmm. Rhaegar, if he's still around, Mance, who really knows who he is, he's a new father, uh, to an important baby that is a leader. The stranger. Um, he has Bran is definitely strange now. The stranger is sometimes depicted as having animalistic traits like, you know, Bran wargs. And he is coming from far away north of the wall. But Varys is also definitely a strange outsider from far away and fits the description of neither man nor woman. This could also be Arya. That's who I would argue. Um, with the face of death, it could be the hound. Hounds are animals. His face is hidden behind scars. Cersei says Sansa will be singing to the stranger, begging for his uh, kiss, which he asks her to sing for him and gives him a kiss and has a horse named Stranger. Um, this theory isn't my favorite to get uh, to get lost in, but I can't seem to move past it. I'd love for more evidence to support it or a solid debunking so I can get back to my theories on more of the magical gods whose side and whose side they're on. Well, uh, I'm going to be stuck on this for a while because uh, <laughs> I think there is actually mm-hmm. um, I think it's a really good, good point. Typically, you know, when I think of the gods, I, I I'm more in line with um Right now, I'm kind of in the Arya chapters where she's over in Bravos, um, mm-hmm. at the House of, of Black and White, and the kindly man says where he's talking about the the many face god, and he says you may he you know he may be called he has different names, but he's called the Seven or he's called the Stranger, like in the Seven. So you know, mm-hmm. I think that that where I where I kind of go with the gods is I kind of dismiss the Seven, um, just because I kind of view them as maybe different aspects. I, I, I don't I don't necessarily think they're less important. I just think that maybe I'm more in the camp that there's really only two gods. You have Relore and the Great Other and that there's these other aspects that kind of play into them. Yeah, you know, uh after reading this, so I've thought several times that the way in which, you know, Gur writes and the way he sort of uh um Oh gosh, he has that twist, that moment where he twists, mm-hmm. you know, things. I've thought with the seven that he might do that. I, at one point, I thought how, how. Then I thought, how would he do it? You know, I've just never right. seen a way in which which he would do it. But for these characters to be like manifestations, you know, uh, gods in the flesh, you know what I mean? Uh, type mm-hmm. of thing is 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 very very interesting. Uh, so I'm going to be stuck on this for a while too, and and I and give it more more thought. I, I like that uh, the first three are pretty set in stone there there's a lot of hinting and references i mean daenerys called uh, mother by literally everyone uh is huge mind-boggling huge Mm -hmm. um so that's really really interesting but it's also one of those things too where everything's layered right so you've got the these theories and these prophecies that really are coming from different faiths different regions but they're all talking about the same thing 
you know. So mm-hmm. you could have that going on here with the seven as well, um, where we're basically, you know, uh, these major players that that are, that are mentioned here are somewhat uh, that they're important in, in multiple faiths, I guess. Yep. So or multiple prophecies. I don't. know. They're all kind of intertwined, and it's a little uh, fuzzy. But uh, this is awesome, Eric. Yeah, this, this is, is actually really cool. Uh, I've never given it much thought. You know, no. So I have. I have. I have definitely not given it at least this much thought as well. So yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, so maybe let's, we, let's move on. We may have to post this yeah. in the group. Yeah, yeah I'd just, love to post and, it. Through, <clears> I get, I'd love to get thoughts. Yeah, and see what, know, see what people say and think about it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so a couple um, other unrelated points slash questions uh, that Eric poses here. Uh, uh, Varys is um, is from Targaryen blood. He was purchased and castrated for for the use of uh, dark uh, blood magic. Uh, King's blood has magical significance. However, bastard's blood still counts, so he could be a Blackfire. And yeah, that uh, for sure. So the idea that his right. his blood has some magic um, definitely leans. Uh, lends uh, to, to him possibly being a Blackfire Targaryen somehow related, you know, uh, to that, to that group. So, um, Eric goes on to say, we were discussing small Paul and how, uh, how he liked, uh, animals in the previous episode and how, uh, how that's significant to his lineage. Uh, Hodor also is good with animals being the stable boy and has a similar build to small Paul. Uh, they may be related, which I think we talked about that with the uh, ghost of Heron Hall, right. you know, in, in, in some, uh, follow up there. Um, then, uh, Simeon star eyes, his description fits a white Walker, uh, but he just roamed Westeros a long time ago, interacting with people, question mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was called a knight before the faith came to Westeros. Well, okay. Okay. Uh, so he could be a knight from the white Walker civilization. You know, that's interesting is to look at, cause those timelines are a little fuzzy, right? Too. Yeah. Um, and that's something, and that's something that maybe the, I mean, who knows what the show, what the what the prequel show is going to be like. Mm-hmm. The, the the next the next the next show that's going to take place in the dawn age. I mean, that's going to change everything. Uh, yeah, for sure. It'll probably give us a lot more, um, you know, a lot more details, fill in some of these gaps because the when the Andals come over, when that faith, uh, fit the faith of the seven come over how were there i mean who who was knighted before that you know what i mean like they mm-hmm. kind of brought that tradition of of um knights so but yeah so just real quick simeon star eyes is a legendary figure from the age of heroes uh who was blind uh he's described in tales as a knight um even though chivalry came to westeros thousands of years after so there's that um According to legend, Simeon was a knight who lost both of his eyes. Uh, he replaced them by putting star uh, sapphires in the empty sockets. What? Yeah. So there's that description of like a um, one of the others. You know. So he's got those right. those that blue um, sapphire in the empty sockets. Uh, so that the singer. So the singers claim uh, he fought with a long staff with a blade at both ends and would spin it in his hands to chop up, uh, chop down uh, two men at once. He once visited the night fort where he saw hellhounds fighting, uh, and literally that that's that comes from uh, Game of Thrones chapter sixty six and A Storm of Swords chapter fifty six are the are the places where where he is mentioned. Um, mm-hmm. So interesting. That's really cool. Um, another point here: uh, Battle Island in Old Town. Who fought there? Uh, is there going to be another battle 
uh, here again. Um, both good questions uh, as to why those, yeah, why is it named Battle Island, you know, and is, is that possible that we're going to have another fight there? You yeah. Know? Actually, right now, you kind of, the fight's brewing over there with, uh, um, with the Greyjoys and the, and the you know, uh, Pike and everybody kind of raiding down through there. I think when Sam and those guys are coming, uh, coming into Old Town, uh, they see evidence of a lot of that um, going on, you know, that, right. that warfare. So, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, if Bran did actually cause the Mad King to go mad, did he burn uh, Rickard or Brandon Stark because of Bran's influence? Hmm. All right, let me read that again. So if Bran did actually cause the Mad King to go mad. Um, so if that's what, okay, so that, that would be before, the, the before Lyanna is stolen. If Bran is, is messing around with the Mad King at some point, the Mad King, what, figures it out? Yeah, I, guess, out I, guess, Bran... I guess would kind of figure figure it out mm-hmm. is that that's yeah. why he, he burns them. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's go on here and read here. So he says, uh, he could have been confused by Bran's cryptic message since no one seems to be able to provide clear uh, help through visions, <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and and thought that the Northerners or those who worship the old gods um, uh, from in his kingdom are the enemy he must burn. The Starks may have forgotten about their alliance with the others and are actually the enemy he should burn, or uh, less likely he could have been trying to prevent the birth of Bran uh, to oh to avoid being turned mad. So yeah, there's that whole piece where. Uh, it's just either vengeance to the Starks because Bran was in there messing around with his head, or he's trying to prevent Bran from being born, um, or he's misinterpreted some aspect of the vision that was given to him by right. Bran. You know, so as if there's I mean, good. I mean, the whole Hodor thing really it, you changes can see how everything. It changes it, everything. Messes it does. with your head. Yeah. So. Um. Okay, arousal from Bran. Okay. Uh, he just goes on to, to point out something from the wiki that Ares is actually aroused uh, from burning uh, Rickard Stark. So, mm-hmm. um, okay, here we go. Uh, another another question. These are all we we honestly Great. there's so many we want to get through this, but we could actually stop on each of these and, and and go for a bit, couldn't we? Yeah. I mean, we really could. I mean, because th- like, this next one is is pretty good, and this, there are things I'd want to look up a little bit more. Um, I think I might take each of these separately and kind of. Uh, Maybe discuss them in the group. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know, because because what do you think about that that Mad King situation there? You know, um, yeah, you know, like it, I, I, wouldn't I, that be ironic? You know, right? Is that is is well, you know, this whole brand thing, um, you know, it, it kind of reminds me. It, the, once you do time travel, you know, it kind of messes with everything. Like you look at like Back to the Future or. Um, you know, th- like sometimes time tri- travel completely jacks up stories when they try to include it. But uh, the way I kind of think of it, it was uh, it would be interesting if it was brand that kind of jacks up a bunch of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like Flashpoint, like with the Flash and his like his yeah. DC, his DC arc where um, th- that's the whole thing is the Flash is like so powerful um, that he can go back in time. Right. But he like messes stuff up that he when he does and i think that maybe that's what brand does is brand like with the hodor situation it's like maybe hodor was never supposed to be like that but i don't know yeah. then you talk about time paradoxes and loops and uh, you know you, you people could argue, you could argue all kinds of different things but i don't know i think it would be cool and i think it would be you know 
it would be an interesting way of doing it is but why why the mad king unless bran just wants to go back and look through the mad king's eyes to see what was going on mhm uh yeah yeah why yeah why would bran have any reason to go yeah if he's just maybe it's early on he it's right. one of those mistake mistakes that mm-hmm. he makes yeah you know it's, it's so that that's cuz otherwise i'm not sure what he's going there to do to to correct because Again, maybe he all, maybe he all. thinks he could prevent the whole thing, or something. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. and it's just all messed up because that's what he's grown up hearing is that the king is mm. mad. You know, right? So, um, okay, uh, let's move on here just a little bit. Uh, what's going on in Tarth? Uh, Brienne seems uh, super significant. Uh, Tarth is the Sapphire Island. Uh, the others' eyes are described as sapphires. Uh, rubies, which are are seen all over the series as well, um, are the same substance as sapphires, but with different um, uh, properties, giving them different colors. Mm. Uh, Brienne's only brother and heir to the island drowned as a kid. Drowned yeah. god influence? Question mm. mark. Um, and both her sisters died as infants. Uh, seems like a lot of death. That okay. is a good point. Yeah. Yeah. So what? Yeah. My, will she ever return there? You know, is there anything? Yes, I, I think she probably will. Going on there, or you know, as we've said, you know, the moonstones, the rubies, sapphires. We've been talking about um, how. How? Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. What was his name? Uh, remember, remember, we were talking about uh, Gendry, and was that guy wearing a sapphire? Yes, he was. He was wearing a sapphire, wasn't he? Yeah. And we were trying to figure out which lord possibly Toho, Toho Mott. Yeah, Toho Mott, yeah. We were trying to figure out cuz he didn't have that he I guarantee you that sapphire was given to him by someone, right? Mm-hmm. And it yeah, was oh, yeah, probably absolutely. probably that lord who came in there and paid double for Gendry to be so if he's paid in a sapphire, you get a sapphire. I mean, just thinking could there be a connection to Sapphire Island here, you know, and Yeah, maybe. I don't um, know. Yeah. And and Brienne and her family you know, hold on a second. Yeah, that is really interesting. Just because I, I, I wonder, because remember we didn't know who that guy was, um, right. and, and we weren't really sure. I was speculating. Everyone says it's Varys, right? And I'm mm-hmm. speculating. I'm thinking it's it's got to be that's too easy, or you know, I don't know. I was just thinking it had to be some something else. So, um, okay, so she's Brienne Brienne Tarth, commonly called Brienne of Tarth. After her island home, I was about to ask, you know, like, is that the actual last right. name there? Yeah. And and her father, Selwyn Tarth of Evenfall. Okay. Just doing a quick little checkerooski here to see how, just looking at, like, alliances, you know. So they're from the Stormlands, obviously, because of, you know, her um, lending her sword to Renly Baratheon. I mean, huh. Nah. That, I don't know. How how would they be involved if if Cersei was the one kind of smuggling Gendry? Sorry, going on a tangent. Um, That's okay. But, we go we go on we go yeah. on tangents. Yeah, we do. We definitely do. But anywho, okay. So you got me thinking, Eric. Uh, I'll come back to that one and we'll think a little more. Uh, next question. These are all freaking great questions, and they probably deserve a good fifteen minutes of uh, you know uh, airtime. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, both. But both the shy and the others uh, take babies as sacrifices. Mysterious. Do the free folk wait to name their children because the others take babies from them as well uh, as as Craster? Okay, so the free folk 
uh, wait to name their children because the others take babies from them. Interesting. So are they giving those babies up willingly or are they just being taken? Right. Um, uh, I don't know. Because yeah. um, I do I do remember that. I remember right. uh, Egret and uh, when John's up with, with Mance, them, they, they talked about that. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Good. Good question. I. I mean, you would almost have to think so. There has to be something going on. I mean, I know that they fear them, but at the same time, like, if you're the White Walkers and the and the others, why is it that you're just going over to Craster and Craster's giving up this like one baby, you know, every so often? Um. And in, why wouldn't you just go take over this like huge horde of people, right? Mm-hmm. When you think, when you, I mean, I know that they're broken up into smaller tribes and, and things like that. But when Mance kind of assembles them all, um, yeah, I mean, we know that they're like running from it. But it seems like it seems like the White Walkers would have to know that that army is assembling. Mm-hmm. So maybe they do. Well, maybe, maybe they are. Well, and, and Eric brings up a good point. Is, is it like how do they reproduce? Because I think we sometimes think the others are just like. Like, how long do they live, man? You know, like, are they alive for thousands of years? Or or whatever, yeah. Because think if they only had, like, a, you know, let's say 70 to 90-year lifespan, then they need new people to Mm -hmm. fill those ranks. Yep. And so that actually would make sense as to why they're not just going in there and they're just uh, laying waste to this group of people. They're actually raising – they can't reproduce, uh, and they're raising, you know – these other children, they're converting them mm-hmm. and transforming them. He, he's even asking the question that is that the way it is by, you know, with with a shy by the shadow or or a shy by the, um, yeah, um, yeah. The, yep. Talks about the shadow, sh- shadow yeah. binders, right? Yeah, yep. it's over over by the Jade Sea and stuff. So, uh, great question. Great yeah, and question. and the others and the others is and and just like the 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 you know beyond the wall, like yeah. it's so unfortunate that the map stops right. The, the Westeros maps just stops and it just, we don't know how long it goes and like what's up there and does it end and all this stuff. I don't know. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's the thing is even in the show, we still know really nothing about them. Just that they, that the children kind of created them. Uh, wow. I'm just, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm reading here in the wiki. Um, when it talks about the people from, from a shy, there are no children in a shy. All who dwell there wear masks or veils and often walk alone, um, you know, or, or they ride, you know, kind of like these these ebony and iron, you know, uh, carriages mm-hmm. uh, hidden behind dark curtains and, uh, and and carried upon the backs of slaves. Mm-hmm. Only the shadow binders of a shy dare to travel upriver and even they fear to tread before the doors of the corpse city. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like wow! So we, sometimes we've we've talked about shadow binders, you know, of a shy, but that's different from what the species of a shy people may be. You know, um, right. they're they're described as the you know spawn of the shadows. Um, so uh, yeah, there's there's that. Um, that's really interesting, making me want to kind of go look more uh, at this. Um, so, so I'm just going to read real quick a little bit more here. So the the, uh, the, Ashai, the Ashai are well-versed in witchcraft and wizardry uh, and have a language of their own used in their spells. Mira Mazdur, uh, who studied um, in Ashai signs in a foreign, in a, in a foreign tongue, uh, her voice described as shrill uh, and e, uh, and 
like I think it means like like elongated. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, Melisandre has been noted to pray to Relor uh, once in the speech of a shy, once in High Valerian, uh, and once in the common tongue, as well as sing in the tongue of a shy. So, uh, yeah, they're just as strange as 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 the as the others, you know. And they're right. they're also, you know. I'm sure there's a lot of rumors and speculation around them, and they're not seen very often. No one goes into their city except for maybe the shadow binders, you know, who 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 go there. So that's that's a great question as to how do they reproduce, and you know, is that a part of the sacrifice situation there? So definitely, they could come into play because that that I think that pro, that Relor, the the worship of Relor, kind of comes. Didn't we say a couple weeks ago that it kind of comes from? um Essos and and, and Ashai. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. Um, so at least that's where that's yeah. where we you know that's that's where that's where we know them to be from. Yeah. So, okay. Anyways, pretty neat. Um let's move on here get, get a few more questions in. Uh is the company of the rose going to appear again? Um they're the north they uh they are the uh northerners who fled to Essos and formed a free company rather than bend the knee to the iron throne. Um, that's a great question. Possibly. So, I, 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 I'm, I don't know on that. Uh, one. yeah. I'm, right. So there's a lot of different, um, sellsword companies that, you know, there's, there's actually way too many to even like keep track of. Right. Um, but the company of the rose is a sellsword company operating in Essos. Um, it was founded by men, uh, according to some accounts, also women of the North who rejected, uh, Torn Stark's submission to Aegon the Conqueror. Uh, thus, they chose exile over bending the knee. So that's a neat little reference from you know a world of uh, uh, of of ice and fire. Uh, not one. I don't think they're because I was gonna say I don't think they're mentioned in the series, but they're mentioned in a world of ice and fire. So could that be you know in Winds of Winter uh, or or one of these other books? I mean, it seems like every other book we have like a sellsword company you know showing up and and um, you know, they all have some backstory and formation story. So uh, that right. would be neat if they showed up. You know, that would definitely right. be, be cool for sure. Um, um, right. Okay. This next this next one here. Yeah. Uh, is Lady Stoneheart possessed by the drowned god? She was in the water for a long time. He says, he says like Moon Boy, but I think he means like Patchface. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, Sir Ezra, back to Lady Stoneheart. Back to Lady Stoneheart. Um I think all paths lead to the Lady Stoneheart eventually. Um, but I don't know. You know, is she – because it was uh, – well, you know, Darian gave her the last kiss, you right. know. Well, you know, it is interesting, right, that um, the are the Drowned God and R'hllor similar, right? When you think of the Drowned God, because remember um, Sir Duncan the Tall in The Sworn Sword drowns, and a drowned priest brings him back. Mm-hmm. So is that similar to what it's like? Is it is it like a similar similarity to R'hllor? I don't know. Hmm. You know that's interesting. Is she? Is she okay? The question is: Is is she dead when she's thrown into the river? I think she is. Or okay, there you go. So, or did she drown? You know what I mean? Because if she right. died from drowning and then she's resurrected, you know what's? It's still is the it, idea of what's dead right. may never die, but it's just still the same type of thing. Um. Because she so she's she's dead because her throat's slit, and then she's right. just thrown into the water. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm more. I've always thought that it was Rulor. Well, right. but but you m- remember how I've said in the past that I was like, I'm kind of on. Unsh- I'm like Beric Dondarrion is a boss. Why is it that like he is sort of like, um, you know, giving up his last life for her, and then she's this sort of like because they had such a just good cause, and they were the Brotherhood without banners, and they were doing good things, and then now it's just vengeance, right. you know, and it's like she's. She's not good, and that's why I, you know, I don't think he, I don't think, if, I don't think Beric knew that was going to happen or thought that that would happen. That's why Edric Dane actually leaves and takes off, you know. All, and I, and I, and I think Thoros um, is just basically he's the priest that that uh, was was a part of the raising, um, or has raised Beric and stuff. And so, kind of, does he go with Edric Dane? I don't actually remember. I don't think so. I think he stays. Yeah, I'm pretty. So, anyways. I'm just thinking it's that belief in Rolor again that's that's sort of uh, keeping him, you know, there. So I don't know. Uh, okay, um, let's see here. Next one. Uh uh-huh. Daenerys Stormborn. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, to go north, you must go south. To reach the west, you must go east. To go forward, you must go back. And to touch the light, you must pass beneath the shadow. Does to reach west, I'm sorry, so does to reach west, you must travel east, suggest Daenerys will uh, uh, circumnavigate the uh, backside of the backside of the planet through the gray waste, potentially saving Westeros from the north through the lands of always winter uh, after passing south by, after passing south of the shadow by Ashai. Uh... Huh. Hmm. So that would be, I mean, that's really just basically going around the world, going to, to like the other side of the map. You know, we always look at the, the yeah. world as being flat, as, as it being flat, but then coming back up around the other side. Or how big is this world if you were to, that is a map, right? You know, right. We, we, see it, we see it flat. Let's imagine if you were to wrap that around a globe, you know, how close is Ashai and Essos there? You know, could you... Right is you is actually, is that map all there is that map almost all there is or is that just like part of the known world right like when you look at like middle earth, that, when you look at the map of like middle earth it's like yeah. oh it, that's but the world is so much bigger than that yeah and so you know if if um if Ashai is far east right it, you know if you were to leave Westeros and go because they talk about going across that body of water would they then hit Ashai <laughs> you know uh, right. Does that make sense? Are they going around mm-hmm. the world? Yep. Yep. You know, so never really thought about that. Um, so let's see. Assuming she already uh, fulfilled the must go east part without having to travel uh, to the super mysterious place where the prophecy maker is supposedly uh, from the very far east seems too simple. Uh, the land seems to be connected on the backside of the planet. Uh, Mace has uh, his cloak fixed with red silk. From Ashai recovered from the uh, shivering shores, and the gray waste sounds very similar to the land of always winter. Uh, that's cool. I mean, that's interesting. I yeah. don't know where that little uh, Mance, you know, fixing his cloak uh, references, but I would. I'm going to go find that. Like I'm yeah, highlighting. We're going to have to dig, have to dig in, deeper into that. In in red here, because if that he got it fixed with red silk from Ashai, that's really. Mm-hmm. Really interesting. So, and then, uh, um, what is the significance of Daenerys being stormborn? Well, you've talked about this a little bit, haven't you? 
have I? I think so. Just, yeah, that she's bringing the storm, right? That she was, you know, born there um, Mm -hmm. on Dragonstone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's that's but I mean, that is the that is the the, the standard thing. I don't know, though. You know, it it could mean something. I mean, that's just another one of her names is that, you know, she she was born during this enormous, massive storm. Mm-hmm. Is is it is it more than that, or is it you know is it something like the red comet? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I don't know either. I think winter is coming, right? And right. so all these things seem seem like they could all be referring to the same thing. You know, sometimes right. it's kind of hilarious. So, is there a winter storm coming? Is she you know she's storm born? Um, is she going to be? Uh, reborn in a storm of some kind. Is she going mm-hmm. to have to face a storm of, right. you know, um, storm of swords, you know? Uh, so I don't know. It's just, I don't really know what the, I've never really thought too much about the significance of that actual title or name uh, and, and what that might be. So um, a couple things I want to go back to though. So he had some really good questions there. Uh, the battle Island reference. So, you know, it's just kind of, looking around r- real quick and I, and I thought that, you know, it was mentioned in a world of ice and fire, um, in the old town section. And we don't really know why it's called battle Island. That's what I thought originally. I was like, I think it's just, you know, wondering, wondering why these things are called what they're called, because I've often looked at the map and said, you know, uh, why is bitter bridge called, Bit- you know, bitter bridge, you know, um, King's grave. Why is King's grave called King's grave? You know what I mean? Right. And so if you go kind of like, if you take that approach, you can you you'll find yourself looking at these different places and wondering um, what happened there uh, for them to be named that. And then things seem cyclical. And could we have you know we've talked about the Battle of the Trident and having that you know be the place where the last battle kind of takes place. Um, but could you have something go down, or or even like a precursor to the last battle? Could you have something take place again at Battle Island? Uh, that would be kind of neat because it, just if you look on the wiki, it mentions that uh, the high towers are the ones who basically, when they got there, they rooted out uh, a bunch of dragons that were roosting yeah. on, yep. on battle Isle. And so I think that's super neat. Um, so, so yeah, there's a really good question. Uh, the whole Sapphire business. Mm-hmm. I kind of, for, I kind of forget that where, where Brienne is from and right. And if know, it has any significance or not. Right, because I'm starting to think it does. <laughs> yeah, it, it could, <laughs> you know? yeah. Or I, I kind of think that, like, she may, you know, you know how we've been kind of wondering, do these sapphires have similar properties that, the, you know, um, are they similar to rubies and moonstones? You know, mm-hmm. can they do these things? I, Brienne could be the character that answers that for us, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yep. So maybe she doesn't, maybe we don't go back to Tarth, but maybe she has some knowledge that she's going to share with us at some point, you know, uh, assuming she's, you know, still alive, and Lady Stoneheart didn't kill her, which yeah, pretty sure didn't happen. But no. um, I know, and Bri- you know, so, yeah. Brian. Bri- I think Brian's going to have a, a you know a sums kind of significance later, um, whether it's a major one or something. I, I just don't see her getting killed off relatively soon. Mm-hmm. No, me neither. Yeah, I, she's she's been too big of a character fr- from the get go. You know, right. so I just I, I you know. Yeah, she she definitely and, and the fact that, you know, if you go back to the um the return of the seven theory mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, she is um the maid. I mean, I just right. think that's you know, she yep. she swore she swore to protect Sansa and Arya, and that's sort of what the maid uh, you know, does. 
she's the maiden fair in the, in the bear pit. I mean, all of that makes you think she's, you know, if, you, if you're somebody who we can kind of uh, tr- make all these connections to one of the seven, then you're sticking around to the end, you know, right. and you're going to have a, an important role uh, to play. So, yeah. And speaking of the seven, I mean, that's something I would like to go back with Sir Matt and look at, you know, um, like, uh, for example, I think we were looking at the warrior, the father and the stranger uh, and multiple different possibilities as to who those who the representative for the warrior would be the representative of the mm-hmm. father and then, you know, um, the manifestation of the stranger. So I might toss that out to the group and see what everybody kind of thinks. I'd love to know, you know, put it to a vote or something, narrow it down and. Who, who do we think uh, best fits? You know, because you can go into the text and, and probably we could probably make some more connections, um, you know, based upon descriptions of the father and then look at the descriptions of Rhaegar and, you know, right. Dundarian and so on. Um, you know, Mance, perhaps. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah. So, all right. All right. I think uh, now that he had some uh, HP Lovecraft stuff, but I think yeah. I'm going to. We're going to uh, have to do some research. Off. We're going to have to do some research on that. Yeah, we're, you're looking ahead. This, this is good stuff. I mean, he's got oh, it's super references. Good. It's it's really good. He's got references to the Red Comet, you know, and, and where, um, you know, how that all is, is kind of tied in and just the influences, really, I guess, that you would see from some of uh, HP's, uh, you know, stuff, some of his novels. So, yeah. Yeah. Really well thought out. Really, I mean, a yeah, really I mean, that's, solid. That's, that is an amazing uh, Raven. It is, like, super well put together and just there's a lot to unpack, like a lot to unpack yeah and if we don't get a circle back to this hp lovecraft uh stuff i'm gonna ask um you know eric uh to send us a a, another river follow-up and just see if it's okay to post some of this in the group for people to see because it's definitely it's over my head for sure oh it is mine too but it's mind-blowing as i'm reading it i just it's one of those things i don't want to read it you know um just you know because i don't want to botch it you know it's one of those things like i don't want to mess this up i mean he's he's laid out he's laid out some pretty cool connections and I think other people who know more about uh, Lovecraft can can speak to some of this. So, mm-hmm. absolutely. Oh wow! Okay, that so, was that was great. Awesome. That's an amazing Raven. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so you know, we'll 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 ta- we'll we'll tackle that once we've done uh, some more research. Mm-hmm. Um, anytime there's some outside stuff, we just want to want to do that. So, yeah. And actually, real quickly, last thing, I'll challenge uh, Eric to, you know, um, let's get in the group or maybe even just in in ravens i'd like to go back and forth with him on some of these Absolutely. ideas so, some of these questions you know like the company of the rose uh what are his thoughts i mean how could you see the company of the rose coming back into play and th- that's just straight episode um or that's next season speculation that's also next book speculation you know how could they come into play what scenario how would that work you know paint out a scenario uh in, in which that would work you know uh looking at the that the uh um Ashai and the others and you know let's talk more about that because I think he's got a good point that those two areas do wrap around you know there's a lot of references when people leave Westeros and they they head west they don't return yep <laughs> so mm-hmm. so they are running into possibly Ashai you know and uh they don't yeah, come so. back from there so that's that's interesting so um, alrighty well sir Ezra I think we are gonna sign off for follow-up Friday. So, um, well, guys, keep sending us these ravens. Uh, We will continue to dive into them. And, uh, oh, I didn't pick a house word for this week. Um, No, you just keep it simple. Yeah, we'll just keep it simple. So in the the words of um, House Tully, family duty. 
honor.